Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore, where our mission is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. Hey, podcast listeners, Andrew here. And today, I'm very excited because I'm sitting down with Brett Hagler. Brett is the CEO and co-founder of New Story. He's also a Y Combinator graduate, and he's a cancer survivor. Brett's been recognized on Forbes 30 Under 30 list, named one of the top 100 most intriguing entrepreneurs by Goldman Sachs, and his company was named among Fast Company's most innovative companies in the world, get this, four different times. Brett and his team are working to pioneer solutions to end global homelessness. By continuing to challenge what's possible, Brett helps others unlock the ability to pioneer purpose at work and in life. I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation. All right. Well, I am so excited to be sitting down with Brett Hagler. Welcome, Brett. We're so excited to have you today. Thanks, Andrew. I am grateful uh, to be part of this podcast. It's a great mission y'all have. Good. Thank you so much, man. Well, um, I want us to kind of jump right in here. What I love so much about your story is that your journey, uh, where you started to arrive at where you are now, is a place that is very familiar to a lot of our listeners. Um, You were young, you were talented, you had your degree, but you weren't quite sure what was next. And I think a lot of our listeners have been there. And a lot of them are leading young people who are about to be in the same position. But I want you to walk us through how you got from there at 25 years old to becoming an entrepreneur and founding your own company and being kind of recognized all over the world. It's quite a transition you went through. (laughs) Sure. Um, So I think that when I try to tell some of my story uh, before, before some of those things that have happened, which, yeah, has in the last eight years have definitely surpassed kind of my... Um, my dream of what would have happened so far. So we've been lucky and have had a lot go our way. Um, But before that, you know, I think it's very relatable, my story, because I didn't, I didn't grow up, you know, starting all these different companies as an entrepreneur. I didn't, I wasn't the 14 year old kid figuring out how to get all the, you know, the lawns, the lawn, the lawn service companies to work for me. Like you hear a lot of those stories. Um, I didn't have anything unusual about me of like where I went to college or, you know, off the charts SAT scores, or there was just nothing that seemed extraordinary. Um, and, and so that was, and I went to, I actually ended up, um, going to community college for my first year. Um, and then I went to Florida state university. And so coming out of college, I mean, coming out of high school, um, definitely didn't have this like fast track to entrepreneurial, um, accolades, you know, was, it was not that. Um, I think that I always, you know, for me in high school, uh, sports is really important to me. Um, I had a really great basketball coach named Steve Fitzgerald who in hindsight instilled so much of the right type of mindset that it takes to be an entrepreneur, uh, or to just be a, what to be good at anything you want to do right in my case it was it was an entrepreneur and i kind of look back and and he used to teach so much about uh mental toughness and Mm. about teamwork and you know i remember now he used to during lunch 
we would have these sessions where he would he would read leadership books to us and he used to read he used to read good to great to us during lunch and now i'm like amazing. oh my god that's amazing <laughs> like that's that's so good and yeah. i didn't realize it as much at the time but you know he would talk about stuff like level 5 leadership and uh, you know, humility and, you know, tenacity and uh, the, the importance of mental toughness and grit and what does that actually mean? And I think I was very lucky to have somebody like that in my life, which I know a lot of people listening have maybe somewhat of an influence over, you know, somebody, uh, you know, a younger potential leader. Yeah. And so um, all my rambling to kind of say, like, that was a really big influence on me in middle school and high school. Um, but I still didn't think that I would, uh, you know, start my own thing or have have some of the, uh, you know, early, quote unquote, success that we've had. So kind of getting to the the, the point of um, what clicked, what what switched in my head. Uh, this happened in college. Uh, was that I I could have the agency and the choice to go learn a lot for myself. And so for me. I started reading a lot of like biographies or business books and just really trying to understand um, what made some of these people, you know, tick that started their own yeah. companies or that grew a company or that started their own nonprofit. Like, what was it about them? And the more that I kind of learned, the more I realized that, yes, obviously there were some really smart people that had, you know, really high IQs and, you know, had all the accolades on paper. But I think a lot of it, which became more appealing to me was was their mindset of mm. being willing to go against the status quo and actually having the courage and guts to do things differently. Yes. And to me, that felt that felt scarce. Like it mm. felt rare that people were actually making those choices. And so from my perspective, I was like, well, I actually don't have, you know, so many of these special gifts that people may have. And, you know, I've never had the perfect GPA, the perfect SAT score, didn't get into the Ivy League school, you know, didn't go get the Goldman Sachs internship, you name it. But like what I can do is I can make a choice to go against the status quo and do some things that may be different or off the kind of um, more of an anomaly, right? And, and yeah. so I kind of realized that at a younger age in my early 20s, and that led me to starting kind of my first startup. Um, I didn't know how to do it, but I just took small steps and I learned, and I, um, that was kind of the mentality that I took that um, you could make a choice and you could have courage to, to, to do things differently and to take some calculated risk. I say calculated all the time before risk because it doesn't taking risk doesn't mean that you need to be foolish and yeah. make dumb yeah. choices and bet everything on something. It's not that you can take a lot of calculated risk. And that's what I started to do. And I'm like, whoa, this is rare. Like not many people are doing this. Yeah. And that was kind of how I got started. It's so amazing. You know, one of the things we're often talking about at Growing Leaders, when we're talking about developing emerging generations, we say soft skills end up being more important than hard skills. And that's really what you're talking about is like, if I have the mental fortitude, if I have the perspective, if I have the courage to make a choice, as well as risk taking and some of those other characteristics, it doesn't really... I could teach myself the rest of the stuff. I can learn the hard skills. I can develop what I need to develop. But it's that uh, if the soft skills are not in place, it's impossible to be an entrepreneur. So, hundred percent. And you can also, if we're just talking about entrepreneurship, um, or it could be anything, right? It could it be management? But you, you eventually will be able able to hire some of those 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 folks that have yeah. those skills. I mean, yep. 
I don't even want to explain publicly some things I still don't know or understand. Yeah, but, yeah. But that's that's kind of how. That's why we keep those smart people around, right? Yeah. 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 Cool. So I, w I want you to tell us some about your company. It's been called. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. One of the most innovative companies in the world by multiple people. So it's called New Story. Tell us what you do and like how you guys are making an impact in the world. Yeah. So our mission is to pioneer solutions to end global homelessness. Um, how we do that is we try to help very low-income families um, become uh, customers in the housing market. Mm -hmm. So that's a very big difference when somebody thinks of nonprofit. They sometimes think, well, we want to help families by being charitable beneficiaries, right? Which some kind of a simple example would be um, one way is uh, try to raise a bunch of money on this podcast and then use that money and go build houses for charitable beneficiaries, right? We've done a lot of that. Um, yep. But what we mean by kind of our future model and what we've been doing is helping families become customers um, in the housing market is them actually being able to participate and buy a home or buy mm -hmm. a land or pay for a home improvement or an expansion in a way that um, they're paying for it and is also profitable to whoever that provider is. And okay. so that's what that's what we do. That's how we deliver our mission of trying to help really some of the most vulnerable low-income families in the world um, that don't have adequate housing move towards having adequate housing. And we believe mm -hmm. when you have that, um, you know, so much changes, uh, especially if we think about kids uh, or growing leaders, right? If yeah. you don't have a home, if you don't have life's most basic human needs, safety, shelter, water, uh, it affects everything. It affects your health, it affects your income, it affects your stress, your IQ. I mean, the list goes on. And so yeah. we try to help those growing leaders uh, have um, just have a decent home where they can actualize more of their potential and they don't have to worry about just surviving. Um, so that's, that's what we do and, uh, and how we do it is by trying to help families become customers in their housing market. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we've, we've been at it for about eight years. Uh, I started it right at my 25th birthday. Um, didn't have any experience doing this kind of work. Um, you know, the reason I started it was that I saw the problem in person on a mission trip to Haiti. I try to go find other organizations that I could get excited about and I could champion. And the more I looked, the more, again, from that perspective of trying to think about things differently, um, yeah. I became pretty disenchanted with how a lot of more traditional, um, more old school mentality nonprofits were operating. Yeah. And it's not to be condescending to them, but it was just my mentality as a younger, a younger entrepreneur that also yeah. didn't know much of like, I thought that so many things could be done differently from my perspective. Mm -hmm. And I just made a list of all the things that frustrated me or that I thought could be done differently. And that eventually became the genesis of news story, right? So it's it. like, didn't have to go to business school, didn't have to do all that. It was just trying to identify what are, what are frustrations or problems of things that could and should be better, right? And that yeah. could be an experience that could be, in a donation flow that could be with architecture, you name it. It's just what could be better. So that's how we got started. We've been very fortunate and have been able to now partner with thousands and thousands and thousands of families. Um, we've raised a little more than $100 million in our first eight years and uh, have had some pretty cool innovations um, along the way, such as 
3D printing houses with our partner Icon for the first time, um, doing a lot of different digitized mortgages um, using the blockchain. I won't go on, but we've we really try to prioritize R and D and innovation, um, and and try to take small small steps uh, for for what could be an innovation. I love that. I love so much what I, what I love about the passion behind what you're talking about is like that's often how leadership begins, right? Uh, we often call it being summoned to lead, right? But it's like I meet some challenge or some problem and it's so big and I'm become so passionate about it that I can't not do something, you know? And it very very much sounds like that's kind of where you were at. Yeah. And I'll add one more comment to that. Like it's you know, from a from a creation, like from a creative or entrepreneurial um, standpoint, the, a term I use all the time is uh, like trying to think about the problems behind the problem. So yeah. in our example, the obvious problem is that a family is living in inadequate housing. They may be living in a, a tent or a home with dirt floors, you name it. Like that's the obvious problem. Yeah. But then really trying to identify the problems behind that, like why are why are they there, right? What is yeah. what is truly what are truly the bottlenecks and the problems for it? And yeah. you know, and you could apply that to any you know social uh, challenge. And I think that's where you can start getting more of your kind of God given creative and entrepreneurial mind starting to go of yeah. solving those problems behind the problem. I love that. That's such a great insight. I think a lot of our listeners probably could could imagine that like next time you see a frustrated student ask well what what's the problem okay now what's the problem behind the problem causing the Absolutely. problem and all of a sudden they've taken a major step towards starting something so mm -hmm. that's pretty amazing yeah um good. so i want to apply this you know we work with a lot of adults who are working with young leaders and I want to combine a couple of questions here because I think there's a number of things that uh, you and I have talked about how uh, young leaders, Generation Z, the kids growing up today, uh, there was a study that showed well over 70% of them desire to be entrepreneurs and start mm -hmm. something. And yet rather than flying to those amazing heights, they're often floundering, right? They're kind of getting stuck, paralyzed, the proverbial kid in my mom's basement kind of thing. Um, so I, I want I want you to give us some advice about what it was that helped you get past, and you've talked about this a little bit, but get over your fear of failure. Uh, I know you've talked about imposter syndrome before, uh, but maybe even just like the lack of clarity of how do I even get started? How did you get over some of those hurdles that I think are stopping up a lot of young leaders today? Yeah, it's good. Uh, a couple things come to mind. Um, the first one, which kind of goes with what I mentioned in the beginning, is that I thought, from my perspective, um, that even if I tried something and it failed, I would actually learn more. And in some of the circles that I was talking to, whether it was investors or managers at higher level companies, right? If I could, if I tried something for two or three years and that failed, but like I really put in an effort, I gained so much skills, I figured out how to launch a product, how to get customers, how to hire, you name it, right? That even if it failed, that would actually be better than if I just mm. went and did the thing that everybody else went and did and was more of the status quo, right? Yeah. And so I justified it in a way where I'm like, the worst case scenario from my perspective is actually just as good, if not better than taking the kind of normal, this is what you're supposed to do as a good boy next thing. And yeah. so 
that alone was was uh, was something that that helped me, you know, get started. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that uh, you could start really small, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I say this all the time: dream big, start small. It's like it's very simple, but it's yeah. it's so easy to get extremely paralyzed and not go after something because it just feels too big, too complex, too hard. I could never do this, et cetera. Uh, and a lot of that is actually true, but what you totally have the power to do is start really small on it and set a small milestone. So yeah. I've always tried to set small milestones, you know, kind of along along my journey, especially as a younger leader. Um, and that could have been, you know, funding the first house at New Story, right? That was literally our first goal, right? Mm. Now we're trying to like, legitimately impact over a million people with housing, but it didn't start that way. Um, You know, it could be writing your first blog post. It could be writing your first book manuscript. Like you can set these achievable milestones that I think also help you build confidence and help you build momentum. And, and I think as you start to do that and as you start to make forward progress, even if you're failing along the way, um, you're going to gain you're going to gain more confidence and i think the more younger leaders get out there and start to really learn and you know l- look at videos on youtube you could find so many videos these days right of entrepreneurs it's like it doesn't even have to be an entrepreneur anybody that has tried to go do something that was different there's failures along the way in their story right yeah. and it's like yeah. it, it it just it's just part of the journey and i actually think that more people respect that than if you just took the normal play it safe type of path. Um, so that's like for, for me and my example, um, I also don't want to sound uh, by any means like condescending to somebody that wants to take a quote unquote normal job. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, if that's of course. Do, right. If that's, yeah. or if you want to go, I tell people all the time, I'm like, it makes so much sense to go work at a good company for five years, 10 years, however long. Like if it's something that you care about and you're passionate about, like just keep doing that and try to become the, the absolute best at that. Um, but I think where what you're getting at, Andrew, is like, but if you want to do something else, but you're maybe too, there's, there's a little too much um, fear and like, should yeah. I actually do this other thing? I would say you should absolutely go on the path of doing that other thing, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be starting a company. It could be going back to school. Like who knows what it is, but you should pursue more of, of that unique path. Yeah. I love that, that mindset of you're going to learn more trying and failing than you would not trying at all as well 100%. as that start small thing. Like, I think those are perspectives that the next generation often is missing, right? Because if you've only lived 15, 17, you know, 21 years of life, it's hard for you to understand that that's the way the world works, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. So um, I want, you know, a lot of who we talk to are, are not just, you know, the next generation. We actually are working with educators too. Mm-hmm. And so innovation, like you said, can start really small. And I know lots of people are working in companies or in schools where they didn't start the thing and they're not in charge, right? But innovation is still really important. So I want to ask this question. Um, 
many of our educators desire to innovate within their field mm-hmm. or within their classroom or within their school, yep. but many of them feel like I've got my hands tied behind policies, procedures, all these things that are sort of out of my control. So what advice do you give to people about how to innovate within their field, even if they're not the you know, final decision maker? Yeah. So two things. Um, one, like totally trying to de- demystify what innovation is, right? I think what most people, when they hear innovation, even right now in their headphones, they may be thinking, ah, like I'm not Tesla or I'm not, yeah. I don't work at Apple or I didn't yeah. create the new chat GPT. Like that's not for me, you know, totally, in my opinion, totally wrong way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my definition of innovation is super simple. It's identifying what could and should be better and then taking action on it. Yeah. So that could look like, uh, I don't know, in my house right now, I have a toaster here. And it's like, you get frustrated. There's this company called Bevel. They make a toaster. toaster, And it's like, sometimes when you're trying to toast a bagel, you never know if it's fully cooked or not, or like, when is the time up or whatever. And so this super simple button just lets you kind of lift up the, the bagel to see where it's at without turning it off. like. That's such a small example. Yeah, of, but it's of a like great example. Somebody just identifying, oh, this is a problem. Like, I always am frustrated by this, right? So, for educators, like being able to identify what could and should be better in an education mm-hmm. process um, with, a, a, with a student's experience, with somebody that you're coaching their experience, like what could and should be better. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, like, coming up with a very simple first solution of what that looks like that's the first thing is like defining what innovation is um and you got to have a bit you have to have the curiosity to identify what could and should be better and you have to be looking for it so that's the Mm -hmm. first thing and then the second thing is on you know taking action i think that you can start really small on whatever that solution is and what you're trying to do is you're trying to just get some type of um traction or proof point about what you're saying could be better that solution uh actually is and you're only going to know that by like trying to test it out trying to get feedback from students putting something out there seeing how they react right that alone is is a vulnerable act because you don't know how people are going to act or react um, but you got to be able to try to test whatever that is it could be a new type of curriculum it could be I don't know. There's a, there's so many things, right, that an educator could try. Um, but I think that's and then, and then the third thing would be how do you kind of um, if you're not the you know person quote unquote in power or or with authority, yeah. how do you how do you build a case for authority? I would say you kind of you show this is what could and should be better. This is a solution, a small little solution that I created. This is some of the traction that we got, which is a small amount of people. Um, I really want to build a case for why I think we could go to the next step, um, which doesn't have to be this huge policy change, doesn't have to be this big new rule, nothing like that, but just trying to make gradual steps with a solution that is clearly better than the problem you've identified. I love that. Yeah, I think that's so good. That first idea you were talking about, it reminded me of that term, um, normalized defect, right? So many of us have... Um, problems that we face every day, but rather than addressing those problems or even seeing them as problems, we just get, we they become normal in our brains, right? It's the proverbial squeaking door. It squeaked as long as I can remember, so I don't ever do anything about it. Rather than applying WD-40, we just 
pretend it's not there, you know? And I think it's exactly what you're talking about is if we can identify some of those problems and then go, what would be a really simple way to solve it? How am I gonna measure whether or not my That's idea right. was successful? Yeah, I love that, great application. And then, and then Andrew, the last thing is, and then actually doing it, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. again, this that goes back to the scarce mindset part. Like there's a good amount of people that can identify a problem, but then to actually sit there and take some time you know, maybe weeks, maybe a few months of like diligently sitting there on trying to think of us, not just think of a solution, but come up with something small as a solution. That's, that's the unique part that by the numbers, just not enough people do. They just don't yeah. do it. And so again, that kind of goes back to what you mentioned to me in the beginning. I realized like, oh, I'm an underdog and I don't have a lot of these other skills that people have, but like I can put in the work and I can actually have discipline and do these things like I can just say I want to do something and then do them yeah like that that's literally it. applying yourself puts you in a minority you know of people 100%. who are actually willing to do the work yeah 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 Dude, this is so good. Such great insight. Uh, I'm hoping that our listeners are super encouraged by this. And I just want to thank you for giving some of your time and sharing your story, as well as your encouragement and advice to us. Um, I would love our listeners to be able to stay connected with you and what you're doing. So give us some info. Where can they find out more about you, Brett Hagler, and then as well as New Story? Yeah, a couple things. Um, uh, New Story, our URL is just newstoryhomes.org or just Google New Story. And you can learn a lot more there. Um, I'm on Twitter, just at my name, which is Brett Hagler, I'm active on there. Uh, I have a, a little website, um, bretthagler.com, that has some stuff published on there and um, some speaking things as well, if anybody's looking for, for speaking. Um, yeah. And Awesome. Well, hey, man, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for giving us that time as well as your advice and your wisdom. Uh, I sure hope there's a whole lot of students who get to actually become entrepreneurs because of this conversation. Cool. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Appreciate you. You enjoyed that like I did. I know you'll probably want to dig deeper. So if you want to find out more information about our guests today, check the show notes for more information about how you can stay in touch with what they're up to. Well, as always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. If you found this episode particularly helpful, share it with a friend. We would also appreciate that. If you want to stay connected with us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore, pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, maybe other people you think we should interview or subjects you think we should cover, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. Thanks.